Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. Like and subscribe to The Daily Transcendence on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. To show support for the show, we ask you to join us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. There you can find more content, updates on new episodes, and more personal interactions from both Gio and I. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. And welcome back to episode 15. Yes. 15. 15. Already. It's the Ides. Yeah. One plus five, six, six, six. spiral in the heaven. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else, the correlation right now of six, but. <laughs> six, six, six. All right. That's right. Human. The opposite of heaven. Mm. Consciousness of uh, man. Which. Is a good reason going into speaking of six. We're going to go into man and uh, really t- touching up on now the actual findings of our human origin, our creation of where we really come into and relating it to um, what we've been going through in this series, the whole Sumerian story. Um, and we you know the last episode we talked about. Nibiru now being the planet, um, you know, of this Anunnaki race, how they come into the picture and a little bit of their story. Um, well, not necessarily their story, just different interpretations, whether, you know, you have Zachariah Stitchin, which I know that's discredited a lot, which we have touched up on that. But there's his interpretation along with many other interpretations from other archaeologists and scientists and researchers and historians. Um, So with all those variations, um, now it's time we go into the real meaning and the meat and potatoes of this whole series. Yeah, my favorite part. You know, it's always uh, going into the stories and figuring out what's real and what's not. What's a physical event or person or thing or being are we talking about people, aliens, actual things, or are we talking about archetypes and allegories and parables 
and ideas mm-hmm. and symbols. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that these hidden texts, uh, these ancient texts are, are big with that. They hid the knowledge within the stories. And to think that, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me we have a, if we have a creator uh, race that created us. Because think about what we're doing with AI. We're creating it. We're creating yeah. a, and now we're starting to what? Uh, integrate consciousness within AI. That's freaky. Freaky, freaky trust any of that. I don't know how people don't like haven't you watched enough movies yeah. to know that it's that, not that like it just a, goes horribly wrong it's not a good idea yeah. I mean even um, I think Greg Braden was talking about it when he was saying about like that actually could be really destructive to um, not not just the AI thing but the fact that w- uh, we have technology now that we're able to do like chip implants to kind of neurologically do the work for us now that we don't have to do like memorization of things and stuff like that which this technology comes about because of people who have lost limbs or stuff like that i was gonna say that's i agree with that stuff that yeah that that's utilizing the technology and it's like not being spoiled yeah but us as humans though i don't think we're responsible imagine your brain being hooked up to the internet and i understand to a lot of people out there especially someone like me who buys a book every other three days (laughs) uh, like to not have to and just have access to like the information but one that takes all of the fun out. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I think it's fun to go and find and research things. Two, that you don't you don't have control of it. Yeah. Like they might think you might think you do. Like we you know what the problem with new technology is? You don't know what the malfunctions are yet. You don't know what the problems are. Yeah. You know, you think when they were building a car they knew about like a blown gasket. They might have. But like, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't the things that occur over and over again that they maybe couldn't have predicted. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of things that go on with that. You know, tools malfunction all the time and other things. So you're you're going to put a chip in your brain and it's going to, what, access you to the, give you access to the internet? And the yeah, ether? so basically like puts like, it basically directly connects to the neurons in your brain and helps be able to create, I guess, or also manipulate the neurons in a certain way to, you know, whether it's prosthetics, you know, to be able to get prosthetics to cooperate with your actual movement of what you're doing or just uh, or just like I said before, it's like to be able to um, access information uh, on the drop of a dime. Um, there's also other things they could do, too. But as we've seen with everything else in technology of which way it gets taken to, it gets taken to the extreme. And and I just, you know, not that all humans are irresponsible, but there's an irresponsibility within the one percent, I feel like, not necessarily your basic average everyday humans, you know. Yeah. Well, we do have, you know, uh, emotions, and on a bad day, you could really do some bad shit. I know yeah. that we've all hit a day where we feel like a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know, yesterday. we don't, <laughs> and uh, we do dumb shit or we react or whatever. Like I've punched my door ten times over because <laughs> of anger, you know, and put a hole in the same fucking spot and then I got to spackle it and do all this shit but only because my emotions so if you give yourself that amount of power and on top of it I really think that our brains and our bodies are more powerful and more divine than we think and this is my own opinion but something like that might hinder those abilities you know we talk about the third eye and we talk about chakra systems and the energy body the Akashic records all that stuff like what if technology hinders that what if it does really make you kind of stuck in the 3d yeah 
That would freak me out. It would make a lot of sense. And there's a lot of evidence to support that too. That Store your consciousness on a hard drive. Yeah. And it's like, but that, and then on top of it, storing your consciousness on a hard drive, you know, that gives it like, there's like some sort of access to it from outside sources that may necessarily, you don't want them to have access to that. Hacking. It could be hacked. And like, this is stuff that could be manipulated too. And, you know, we've seen in all different types of movies of mind control and all that. And, you know, conspiracies on that as well. So it just really does open the realm for that, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? It perfectly leads into what we're, we want to talk about, too, because in the story of the, the Anunnaki and their planet Nibiru and them mm-hmm. coming to planet Earth, we're going to talk about why they come to planet Earth and supposedly had created a slave race. And what happened when they created this being that they had created, mm-hmm. just like we created AI. They created supposedly us or what they call the Ajiji in the uh, mm-hmm. Enuma Elish, right? Yeah, which there's a, there's so many ways to try to clarify that whole, just that whole thing. When looking at the Bible, when looking at the Sumerian and Babylonian uh, stories as well, and all these other different types of religions and uh, uh, ancient texts and stuff, there's a lot to go in. But this is why you know we have to ask ourselves are our origins as a species act, species actually uh, more understood than we are led to believe. Um, and does knowing this give us a one up in, in, uh, in life to be able to have the fulfillment that we need and to create a reality that's true to our genuine expression and purpose. Um, and going into this will, uh, will absolutely open up that Avenue to be able to see, um, some things that are glossed over and missed or not taught, to us, um, especially when it gets down to even the science of things. Um, and we could see how this whole uh, story of the Anunnaki and the Numa Elish, it doesn't seem so impossible the more you go into it. I know we've already gone to a lot that really uh, can, I mean, I don't know about you as the viewer, I mean, the listener, um, but there's a lot that can really open up your eyes to it and be like, wow, like, you know, there's, there's something being suppressed and uh, I think a lot of it can can come out and come to fruition just on our own. Yeah, a, alone. Lot, a lot of it really does sit in the uh, the DNA of our DNA. You know, yeah. it's basically a record of our existence sitting within your body and your blood. And yeah. within the DNA, you have many things that will tell us that you know we basically kind of jumped in evolution. Or we just never evolved and we were always like this, which that's Greg Braden's belief. Yeah. And he's a scientist and very, very good at what he does. And he claims that we were just, we just popped up like this. We didn't evolve from an ape. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, we didn't. If And if we did, it was so, it was such a quick evolution that it, it went against nature yeah. on how quick it would have happened. Yeah. It doesn't make sense with the whole Darwinian evolution theory, um, which about that as well is Darwin didn't even really uh, didn't set up. I mean, he guess in a way set up. He the whole, theorized, but yeah. didn't like say he didn't, he didn't prove yeah. anything about it. No. It was it was something that uh, he went off of from uh, uh, from something during the 17th century uh, that was made. Well, I forget what the guy's name was who made that that type of pamphlet where he actually I forget the name right now but it's um, who kind of created the whole uh, species tree and he was going based off off that 
um, and kind of theorize, but it was set, that theory was set in place in order to further um, explore that and to further find evidence of that theory or to disprove it. That was the point of it. Um, but there was a certain agreement when it came to the religious structures of the world, like the Catholic Church, the Vatican, um, because there was a constant separation uh, that they wanted to keep that at bay between the church and science. Yeah, and I um, think we we could see it. It's all over yeah. the, the corruption within the Vatican. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I post on my social media all the time about you know how the church, the organized churches, and all that have lied and and that they haven't really done the world good. And I don't think the way religion set up does us any good. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, it's like they're taking these scriptures and the and the actual stories and the and the, and the knowledge and they're contaminating it with basically raping knowledge and raping little boys too yeah exactly and i'm sure there's and we know that that's truth yeah there's definitely a whole hidden agenda on that which i'm sure we maybe we could some of it's not even hidden you could see Uh, every now and then you pop on the news i mean when they're not talking about the virus they're not talking about you know uh, a shooting or this and that there's always that one little story of the pastor touching the freaking kid or whatever that's it's it's a common thing i think common folk actually Really, I think they are hyper aware yeah. of that now. They literally, they literally have uh, law firms set up for that that are specifically practice, um, you know, law on you know papal type uh, uh, sex offenses. Like, there's a whole <laughs> a whole justice system uh, based on that. Like alone, that's so, what it's come to. So you have that, but then you also have a lot of wars that come from religion to yeah nothing really good comes from it but yet for some reason we allow it to be foundational to our to our structure as a society Mm -hmm. and the structure of our belief systems and it just gives us more the reason to talk about it and decipher and and get through and weed through all the crap Mm -hmm. to figure out what the truth is behind these stories and behind the religions to enlighten people so they don't need to follow these organized clubs that are not doing humanity good yeah also in, 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 in in the same breath i think with the younger generations, when it comes to religion, most of them do shy away from religion. But you got to remember the teaching and the bring uh, and the way these these younger generations are being taught. Even if their parents aren't necessarily religious people, um, I'm sure that the parents the parents of this younger of the younger generation also has some sort of dogmatic beliefs that were instilled upon them. And even if they strayed away from more of the organized religion, they still carry and hold this sort of um, this, this sort of dogma that is, that is being passed down onto the younger generations about, you know, some of more of the more fundamental things of life. Um, and we see that now getting mixed and moshed in a way that's not even necessarily so religious based. You have your religious people, um, you know, like I always say, my mom is, you know, uh, a you know, hardcore faithful Christian and everything. Um, yes. Does she do I see her take a religious route? Yes. But she's also more well versed to understand, um, understand the scriptures as more of a faith based and a relationship base with the creator, um, with the belief in Christ and what Christ stands for. And also, you know, to, to see it with more of a side of the love of Christ. And, you know, that like a, a, a lot of that can be useful. It's, and it's not necessarily that we're talking about 
that type of dogmatic belief. You no, know well, I, mean? I think any belief system, like anything else in the universe, is a there's a yin and yang to it. There's a good application and a bad application. Yeah. And as long as you're using a belief system and then doing good with it, then it's completely fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay to follow and be some sort of religionist. It's yeah. okay. It's, it's just it's about the application. Of yeah, it. the application, and I think also how far of an extent we take um, trying to, you know take something from a scripture or a belief system and take it and then apply it. And it is the, like you said, the application and taking that scripture and how serious we take it. And are we truly looking at it or understanding it in the fashion of which it needs to be understood? So that's, that's one of the big things. Um, uh, but we also always say who or what might be the creator of all that exists. And Humans have asked this question since forever and have many times looked to the sky for this explanation. What if our universe is one gigantic living uh, organism? I think a lot of people do assume that. Like we're in the mind of God or yeah, the body or something, of God. Yeah, the body like of God, like the something cells, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're the cells of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's a bigger, like, or There's like in the cell. earth's like a neuron. Yeah. You're, it's like a neuron in the mind of God. Exactly. Because right. when you look at those pictures where you have those, uh-huh. uh, you know, like the... The black matter or dark matter yeah. or whatever, and they, it looks like a nervous system. Exactly. And it almost, you could resemble it to a brain and neurons. Mm-hmm. And, and our solar way. system could be the, the literally the, the structure of an atom with the sun as the nucleus. Like a neural network. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's why it could be seen as a living organism with many cells, the whole, our whole universe. Um, it could mm-hmm. also be known as many universes. Uh, just like a cell in the nucleus, like I said, within the cell of an atomic, uh, within the cell on an atomic level, and then seeing the cosmic occurrences there. Um, so just that goes into everything we always say, just like the scribe of the Emerald Tablets, um, Hermes Trismegistus, has always said. That's why we constantly repeat the as above so below and i think really it is as easy as understanding it that is that like you know that's if, if you were to think of the universe as a mechanical thing mm-hmm. if you were to put it in that left brain logical way that there's going to obviously be patterns yeah. you know when if you look in the engine of a, of a modern day car there's a pattern meaning they're all kind of built in a similar way and, yeah. then, and then all the cars function the same way so if you look at say living organisms in the universe mm-hmm. you know well, and, and when I say organisms, I don't mean just human beings or animals. Mm-hmm. Organisms, like the earth is an organism. It's grow, just like you grow hair, right? It's yeah. growing trees. It's mm-hmm. growing things. Like the earth is growing yeah. things. It's not that on earth things are growing. Uh-huh. The actual earth is growing things just like your body. Mm-hmm. Hair's just not on your body. Your body's growing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a living organism. So point being is, is the function of that, like the function of the earth and the mathematics and all the things... They align to bigger processes yeah. and then they align to smaller processes mm-hmm. as above and so And well. the thing is that everything is connected. And it's also said that, you know, we think that trees, you know, the roots in the ground are just just there. But I I'm not sure if it's it don't don't quote me on this of being true, but maybe it's just a theory, but it's said that all the roots of all the trees are actually all connected to one another. You know what I mean? They all look like yeah, separate you trees. Av- Avatar? Yeah. You ever see Avatar? Yeah. Yeah. So no, okay. I didn't even realize that was that was in that movie. I mean, I also haven't seen oh, it. Oh, that was in a, a long time. Well, that was that was a big part of that movie where like basically the whole place where they live and you have all the trees and you have all the stuff there and all the plants and the animals. The whole like the whole uh, economy of just from them to the trees and everything. They all connected 
and then you had that one center tree mm-hmm. that uh, one big tree that they tree of life they, they right and they mm. fuck it up they say it's a big like uh a lot of spiritual gems oh yeah in definitely that movie. Well, yeah that's even a, like the even the the concept of being an avatar you know how he gets in the machine yeah and then ends up being the the actual yeah you know? so and and that that right there says about us possibly mm. what we could be going through. You know, you see it in the matrix, you see it in the avatar mm. thing, but then you also see the way that the, uh, the forest and all the trees and all this stuff, they, there, it's one big system. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about the earth, like compare it to the body, the, you know, the body is 80, 90% water. So is the earth, right? But your body, as we know, it talks to each other. All the cells communicate via vibration and everything works in one. So you might have separate parts of the body, but it's one body. So the earth, same way. You know, between whatever's below the the surface, and you know the way the atmosphere and the ionosphere and the trees and the oxygen and the carbon dioxide, all of that work together as one. Yeah. You know. So then, if you go even further, the universe is just one. Yeah. One thing made of many. Yeah. The whole made of many, and it's all duality. That, that's why it's like we are not actually separate either from the field. We are part, uh, uh part of the field and within it. So that's- yeah, and well, and last thing with that too is if you think about like if you have skin cells and then you have blood cells, there's still cells that do. They might have you know tiny little separations of you know differences. Yeah, but they're still cells and they still have that main yeah. function. They all have and, a and that you know cooperative like basic function. yeah that basic setup. Yeah, exactly. So and just like you were mentioned about Avatar and the Matrix and all that, it's like you know where do we get like these movies just to even come out and the thought process behind these certain movies. It's like, it's kind of like almost like there's something that's allowing us, uh, allowing us to tap into these things and think the, and like, that's the thing. It's like, we've said before how our thoughts are not our own and we are not our thoughts and that our thoughts are already existent in the Akashic record. And we actually are tapping into the field and retrieving that and that is actually our thoughts so it's almost like when those movies are being made it's something that exists already and we're tapping into it like that idea already exists we're tapping into it and we are constructing it and it it, you know it makes a lot of sense with you know there being something at work to allow us to not be blind and to find these understandings of our origins yeah it will and that goes with even if a lot of people try and debunk even people like Einstein. Like, there's a debunk for everything, by the way. But to Einstein's theory, which we know is energy cannot be dest- created nor destroyed, meaning meaning it's already there, yeah. right? So, and in the quantum field, everything we know, everything and anything already does exist. So, even your thoughts, like Geo's saying, you're grabbing them out of the ether. They're there already. Yeah. You know, so these ideas are being constructed. So, it's almost like what some people would call channeling, where I really do believe where you get in a creative frequency and a vibration uh, you know, via brain waves and and then the heart mind coherence and all that, you you tap into the etheric field and channel these thoughts. And why do these same stories and same things repeat? And it does really go in line with the Anunnaki story. Yeah, it goes along with the hero's journey that we always talk about too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like that. Even the Gnostics, how they they see the, they've seen creation as a flow of reality from eternity into nature and then back. Um, and with finding these understandings of our origins, like an occurrence that has happened is um, in a small village uh, along the Nile, which is uh, the village of Nakamadi. And the, and the Gnostic, uh, they found Gnostic, uh, Gnostic texts were found there and they contain many of the books not contained by the church uh, since the church has edited them. Yes. And there is known to be um, the Vatican archive and everything where there's a lot of 
things and text that have not been been seen and only get access to only certain times or whatever. Um, but that's why after finding this village, this small village, Nakamadi, they, you know, and finding these ancient Gnostic texts, which correlate also with the Dead Sea Scrolls, they developed the Nakamadi Library, and it's the most complete record of the Old Testament. And in these texts, we do see um, these ancient stories that come about uh, that's, that also start matching, and they're way older than what we presume and they start matching all these other types of of texts around the world, these ancient texts around the world. And one of the things that um, this goes along with is the Sumerian tablets as well. So yeah, which when you really break it down, I I think I I don't understand when people um like we know that mm-hmm. stories in the Old Testament. We know for a fact that we found other stories that basically have the same foundational, yeah. say, characters and certain events that go on. Right then and there, it, it, it's not like falsifying the religion. It's saying, hey, there's more. Don't just stop at Christian, Catholic, Protestant, Hindu. Or you can, mm-hmm. but you have to understand that if there's other religions and stories and ancient you know, texts that are saying these things as well... There is more to learn and maybe you shouldn't follow the leader so much and really Mm -hmm. keep your mind open because if you do believe in God and you believe in all of these special events that go on and another culture is saying it, you know, what if yours is missing a piece? Yeah. It's like, what's the point of keeping these records? Like what you got to think in almost like an ancient mindset. It's like, what's the point of keeping these records? What's the point of separating all of us then? Yeah, exactly. If they're all almost basically the same story with some minor... You yeah, know. but we see it even happen in uh, with the whole Sumerian civilization. How you have different interpretations of the stories. Whether the Babylonians, they have some der- different interpretations of the story and different names, rather than you know sometimes the Akkadian version or or the you know the actual primitive uh, Sumerians and themselves. You know, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different teachings and followings, but they all somehow line up in the same. Uh, Uh, fashion as well you know and an example of that is um in the sumerian text they allude to like a superior being and the name is uh the name is satam which we also can take satan from that and that goes back to the the bible as well and i think the telemud i think as well um and satam is said to have looked over the people of the garden of eden and you know, in the Babylonian version, um, as well as I think the Akkadian version, you know, this per- this superior being, Satam, his name is Enlil. And we've talked about who Enlil was. He was the uh, supreme Anunnaki uh, who kind of oversaw the whole, you know, thing. And he was, you know, the one who oversaw the enslavement of the human race. Um, and also to appear in the Garden of Eden as Yahweh in the biblical text, um, as the biblical God, you also have the serpent um, that we see in the Bible. And the serpent, however, in these other Sumerian stories is named Enki. And we know Enki is the master geneticist and, you know, who his desire was to free the human race through knowledge. So ironically, what he's saying is Enki it potentially being our creator and, and and the geneticist, right? That would actually, if he's considered the serpent, yeah. Then that means that the Adam and Eve story has it backwards, yeah. Because then that means the serpent, 
mm-hmm. gave us life. Yeah, not, this is a, not you know wasn't the devil wasn't Satan where it, meaning like he didn't give us sin, mm-hmm. give us life exactly. And like that's where you see the whole concept of good and evil, uh, how it's it's been flipped upside down. And not only that, there's so much history within the symbology of the serpent itself. Which, I mean, we'll probably touch up on it a little bit, but not really so much today. But we will be able to go into that more because it's so many different cultures and so many different civilizations that have put a huge importance on the serpent itself. And what that means can be widely debated, but there's a common similarity in it. But we'll eventually get... You know, I would love to do it like... uh, It doesn't have to be maybe maybe a whole episode, but it'll be something on... I've watched plenty of things on how with the... uh, the eagle and the yes. serpent mm-hmm. symbolism and how America is the bald eagle. Right? Yeah. And then we have demonized the serpent. Mm-hmm. But if you go into more Eastern countries and they, you know, like Chinese and Oriental, right. They worship dragons and, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and, ser- and serpents and reptiles yep. and stuff like that. And even in Hindu and that, what that represents for their culture is actually the Kundalini energy, which is mm-hmm. the serpent energy that's through the body. The orgasmic energy that goes yep. up the spine when you're, you know, blowing shit everywhere. Yep. I mean, look at the whole symbol from Thoth, the, um, you know, the medical symbol that we always see with the the staff, with the two serpents, you know, doing the double helix up the yeah, Hippocratic up, oath. And yeah. All that. Up the rod with the wings and then on top the bulb, which sometimes in the ancients, uh, like the ancient Egyptians and everything, the top bulb is a pine cone. Representing the pineal, pineal gland, yeah, and which looks like a little pine cone, yeah, exactly. in the brain, and that, and they they consider that the third eye, seat of the soul. It's the part of the brain that releases melatonin, and it also releases DMT. It actually has crystals in it, yeah. and it actually has a um, it's the part of the eye, the um, the not the retina, but the corn, the, uh, the, the, the cornea, yeah, no, the cornea is cornea, the, yeah, the, yeah, 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 cornea yeah. is the film. Well, there's, I think they use the word cor- something with. There's a there's a part of cornea. No. I forget the name, but whatever the part of the eye is, um, cornucopia. Some <laughs> cornucopia is the thing on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but it's, yeah, uh, it's 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 something like that. But it's in. So we call it the third eye because mm-hmm. even with, so, when you dream at night, it releases DMT, and that's why when people smoke that stuff, they tend to go to like a another dimension or at least it seems like it because it activates it our bodies make it and it makes it in that gland that looks like a pine cone and they worshiped that gland because they they felt it was the it was the place to access the other dimension or see the face of god because there is a a verse in the bible where jacob goes to pineal and sees the face of god and pineal yeah and i also think that whole thing people like oh you can't see god and god is this or whatever and stuff and i think God, especially in in that sense, God can manifest into whichever way, you know, you know, seeing God can manifest in whichever way that you, your, your own self. Uh, imagination. Yeah, right, your right, imagination. Right. Pretty or, much. Well, and they do say that, you know, well, Jesus had said in the Bible that if thy eye be single, then thy body will be full of light. And I know that the pineal gland is actually sensitive to light. And... There's all this other stuff that goes in with how God is light and God's the photon or has yeah. a lot to do with the photon being a representation of what God is, like the microcosm of what God actually is, which is light because mm-hmm. God God is supposed to be made yeah. of light just like the Bible says. So even if maybe not seeing the actual face of God, but maybe has there's there's deep allegorical 
uh, meanings to it. But, you know, and that's what we want to, I, I guarantee plenty of episodes in the future after yeah. we finish the, the Anunnaki story and all yeah. that, I, I want to hit the parables real hard and I want to mm-hmm. get all the, the allegorical discussions and all the different types of cultures and religions and where they align and not just the story of the sun with the Zodiac and the astrology. Yeah. We're talking about things that are anatomical. Yeah. Going uh, into deeper, the um, elaboration of consciousness itself. This actually today is leading up to, um, to even the, just the development of the human consciousness that we know of today um, through ancient stories as well as scientific fact and findings. Um, but yeah, we're definitely, definitely going to go into more of that in, in these, in the, in the later episodes. Um, because now it's time to, you know, you know, that's going to be the time now that understanding all this and seeing the different possibilities, we're going to be able to sit there and be like, all right, now let's get to the nitty gritty of, of our actual consciousness. Now, how can we start changing or, um, start and i don't want to say changing our consciousness but expanding it yes expanding our consciousness and being being able to cleanse it yeah yeah, cleanse it in a way that you know to get us past these struggles that we have to get us past out of our own at like you know when we say oh i'm in my head or whatever and stuff to get us to really empower ourselves and able to uh really unleash what we're really meant to be about and what we're meant to be about is is not what some other person or teacher or dogmatic belief is to tell you you are you are you just are and there's a way that you can develop that into whichever way your your purpose or destiny is is to be and and by having a true connection to that type of divine i guess spiritual way as well you know you can you can find out what that is yeah well when when people say expand their consciousness or to have more awareness or to be present or all of these spiritual things, you know, to really simplify and get to the point. Cause I've realized a lot of truth seekers or the t- people that teach certain sectors of the occult and they, you know, you can keep repeating the same lines over and over again and they are true, but some people need it said, you know, a different way. Mm-hmm. And when someone says something like expand your consciousness, it really is just saying, to drop thought processes or certain images and beliefs you fully you think about constantly day by day that's the it's the programs that run constantly you drop those to basically it's almost like you take a breath but you you inhale and then you let your breath go sometimes with your thoughts you got to let them go so you can inhale new air yeah. new, new thought new new ideas new things so you expand your ability to think new thoughts mm-hmm. so that would be expanding your consciousness and on top of that, it brings more awareness because you're now kind of analyzing your own thoughts. You're really sure. thinking about what you're thinking. You're now you're now not the thinker, but you're the watcher of the thoughts. Yeah. You're watching the thinker. Yeah. You know, so you're not you now you're not embodied and living your thoughts, but you're watching them. And yeah. then when you do that, you have the ability to see through them. And then by that you drop them. Yeah. The ones that you don't need anymore. You become yeah, you become the observer of your actual reality and everything. And and what do we say about the observer observer effect with, you know, light uh, photon particles and everything and stuff like that? It's almost the same way. It's like where we can reconstruct through the our observation uh, when it comes to our thoughts to be able to not be defined by our thoughts and almost reconstruct them in a way of which that's better suited for us. So. Yeah, well, two very important experiments that needs to be brought up over and over again. And one is the yep. double slit because we collapse the, 
the the infinite wave, the frequency, the sine wave mm-hmm. into particle. Yeah. So your mind itself, this quantum machine is breaking everything down into the physical reality. So without your mind or your consciousness, there is no reality. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the phantom DNA effect where you know, you're you're they did a whole study with the with DNA and they put it in basically a vacuum sealed, you know, little box and your D, like your DNA ends up communicating with the field and the field becomes your dna vice versa Mm -hmm. like you start to shape the world basically with your observation and the fact that your dna is communicating with the energetic field that's surrounding you so we communicate and do and we have an effect as an observer so if you're affecting the field but your thoughts and your feelings are actually remolding it Mm -hmm. you know every billionth of a second you know you're constantly creating a new world by observing it well, then to know what we're thinking and to know what we're feeling and to have an awareness is is part of living. It's 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 vital to be your own sovereign human being. Exactly. And it's like we have we have like this amnesia of understanding our true connection to the universe and connection to all nature and God and anything else you want to go and saying about that. And that's. That's why we, you know, we feel, and along with other uh, people in this in this field of study and everything, why they find it so important to really understand the ancient the ancient civilizations, their scriptures, their teachings, and all of that. Um, and something that I want to point out with that whole amnesia thing is that how we have a molecule uh, in the brain. It's uh, it's called PP one, and that causes us to forget and is a degeneration of memory. It's almost like there's a program blockage in our brain that causes us to have this amnesia. And it makes you wonder. It's like, why would that be put in our brain? Yeah, why is the PP1 there? Yeah. Get why your PP out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, so something saying when it comes down to, you know, we still talked a little bit about the field and everything is, um, you know, something called the, the, the pleroma, which the pleroma is also known to be that vast... Um, uh, this vast energy, this emergence of energy, which is also can be looked at as the creator or, you know, what we know. And I think you mentioned in a past episode, Sophia, which is basically like this, this matriarchal energy, divine um, feminine. Yes. And it's like a frequency of its own and it has the ability to manifest itself and it, and its will on the physical and to create the physical as well. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that, it's like, you know, we talked about primordial energies in the Sumerian tablets, uh, known as Apsu, which was the fresh water uh, uh, energy. And then you have the masculine. Yeah. And then you had Tiamat, which was the salt water. And that's the, the feminine. And that well, and that shows up in modern day beliefs where you have the father or Lord and yeah. then you have mother nature. Exactly. So masculine, feminine, another, mm-hmm. you know, another balance of of the male, f- female mm-hmm. uh, energies and stuff like that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm pointing this out is because of the fact that now as we're going further into this about, you know, human creation and everything and it's like, you know, okay, so it manifests itself. Our universe is created and everything. And, you know, the earth is created. Um, and, and now it's almost like this, all, this higher intelligence has the ability to manifest itself into the physical and so in a way it does. And, you know, that could be looked as a part of the Demiurge, which the Demiurge is known to be the great architect or God. Um, and it almost creates the archons and the angels and demons. And they're sitting there to oversee other parts of creation. And if we could think of it in that sense, 
you know, the Anunnaki could be a form of these archons, which have a role in our creation as humans. So, and it's not so far fetched because we're. It goes back to when we were talking the about Bible us teaches us things well, too. Yeah, well, you have things called, like the Nephilim we had talked about. Yeah, and but, this goes into that and the fallen angels, mm-hmm. right? But it, but it, I'm saying more simply, without getting into scripture, mm-hmm. simply put, we're we have the ability to clone. Mm-hmm. We have the stem cell research, so we have the ability to grow organs. So yeah. we make life. We can grow life. The only we thing we haven't figured out, yeah. well, consciousness, putting consciousness in things, yeah. we, I, I'm not sure unless they have hit, most likely they're 50 years ahead of what I yeah, know I'm right sure, now. I'm sure they have. So I'm sure, right. But at the same time, we know that it's possible for us to create living things. Mm-hmm. And, when, and it, we could talk AI again and say, all right, we're creating AI, and AI, they're starting to have, didn't, it was actually, it's so funny, didn't uh, the first... Friggin', oh, um, the AI rapper? So, no, no, oh. I didn't see that. You didn't but see that? No, no. Did you see the first uh, chick robot? I think her name was Sophia. Oh, yeah. They, they right? call her so- Sophia. Yes, yeah, because so, Sophia is that matriarchal energy that manifests itself into reality, yeah, into well, physical. And if you know anything about the cabal or the dark government or the scary elites or the Illuminati, mm-hmm. yeah. they... They're known for symbolizing things like the back of your dollar with the one eye and the pyramid. And then you have all the rappers doing the diamond and whatever, all that, or the eye and all that, and the pyramid. They are known mm-hmm. to put, like, hide things in plain sight. Yeah. They, they put the symbols out there. Mm-hmm. So how ironic they make this AI bot, they make this this robot that potentially can develop its own consciousness and it's learning on its own. And they name it Sophia, which in ancient scripture is... The divine yeah. feminine. Well, about that too. Like, think about the you know being an elite being in this world, <clears throat> and maybe having some sort of specific lineage that goes back to ancient times. Uh, you know, there's, the royal bloodlines. Yeah, like there's gonna come a point where it's like you have everything there is. The next thing is to literally become a god, and that's probably a part of. You know that, that that how they maybe see themselves as gods of this world, and they're trying to be gods of the you know gods themselves, and you know that's where we say how you know this primordial energy and stuff creates this physical manifestation of itself, and you have these other beings like light beings, angels, demons, whatever you want to call them, and it's almost like that could be referenced as the Anunnaki, um, as just one form of that type of creation from primordial energy and it's almost like they consider themselves they could be the elites of their own realm and time and stuff and they consider themselves to be gods um well i'm sure when we have an army of robots and ai we're going to consider ourselves gods to them meaning we control them so imagine being this ai we end up putting consciousness in it it becomes aware of itself somehow Mm -hmm. right and then we're telling it what to do and locking it into certain things and programming it and then if it has its own consciousness, well, you don't like to be controlled, do you? You don't yeah. like to be told what to do. And yes, we're organic consciousness. We're organic beings. Uh-huh. But you don't know what AI will develop into in the next 10, yeah. 20, 30 years. You don't, and if it's self-aware, mm-hmm. it's going to do what we're doing now. Well, Becoming the government are telling me yeah. what to do and fuck them and exactly. all that. So, and then relating this back to, say, our ancient ancestors or creators, mm-hmm. if we're talking the Archons, um, yeah, that's basically the same thing and we all know that history repeats itself so we could be seeing and we've been saying about the, the micro and the macrocosm and it's just this fractal patterning it's the fact fractal patterning of creation itself that it's like you yep. know there's an initial creation spark then you have you know 
the the creation itself from that creator and then that thing is creating which goes on so all on and on and on so it's kind of like now if we see since we're talking about the anunnaki the anunnaki being that elite type thing and that that archon um you know it's and then it has this sort of role in creating us we are the ai you know we always say that and we hear that a lot that we us humans are the ai and that's where we're going to get into why that you know how how that could possibly be and what do we see and know enough to be able to um be able to have that theory possible well and and i would say we were we were more of an ai creature according to the story because we're, we're going to go into the story and what i mean by that is when you go into these tablets and they talk mm. about them coming to planet earth and we're going to get into the reason why they were here mm-hmm. they had supposedly created a slave race yeah. that really didn't know how to think for itself or reproduce yeah. like it was specifically made to mine gold yeah. actually and just labor think about that right so if you make a race that can't th- really think for itself or reproduce mm-hmm. it sounds like what we would consider ai yeah. And at least having the same abilities and boundaries and limitations as as uh, technology. Yeah, and it's funny because there's a translation that's made. I I believe, in I believe it is the Sumer what, a, a Sumerian text where we translate it to worship. You know, it's like these workers. Um, they worshipped their these gods. Um, and there was the Anunnaki. Um, but the the real translation of that word. Uh, comes out more to be like, uh, like their worker, like worker, uh, their workers, and um, it's some sort of translation of looking at their their gods as like almost their employers and shit. So it's like a a real weird weird thing when it comes to that, and it's like maybe that's where we get this whole development of worshiping and gods and all that and stuff. It's like almost like because there's that control substance and everything. But so if we're going off of this theory of like creation, creating and creating and creating, you know, then the true separation from our creator, the, you know, this demiurge um, would be would be from that first original creator. And it would have been caused by the new patriarchal archon um, that kind of like separated itself uh, or maybe was a a, a, a factor from that whole energy of Sophia or Tiamat and that whole, it, you know. You know what it reminds me of? It gives mm-hmm. me the vibe of how the story of Lucifer is sent down and he's a fallen angel. Like yeah. he's like God's favorite and mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, if we think God and Satan or the mm-hmm. devil, we think the complete opposites. Yeah. And it's almost like, I almost get the vibe of you have this demiurge, this false God, mm-hmm. right? Or this God that plays God. It sounds a little bit yeah. Luciferian, it, you know. It I does. mean, the left-hand path is all about uh, th- uh, was it thou wilt I sh- I thou I shall wilt or whatever. It just basically means like I do for me. Like mm. I'm I will I will will things yeah. for myself, and I basically consider myself. When you see Baphomet or you think mm-hmm. they just think Capricorn. Yeah, Capricorn. What, what's a Capricorn type person really gonna or the archetype represent itself it's yeah. success it's I'm gonna do anything to succeed I'm gonna climb the mountain regardless of anything w- whatever God or belief or whatever I'm my own God uh-huh. you know and it's ironic too because then you're playing this fine line of um, when you think of things like the law of attraction and install and success books and stuff mm-hmm. there is like a touch of Luciferianism because you're a lot of people say, oh, you create your own reality. You're your own God or you are your own God. But I just think it's the way they approach it, like satanic 
satanic stuff i think yeah. i think it's not paying like that homage in that like understanding that you do have a creator and you're not mm. god but you're he's yeah. giving you his gift yeah you know i think satanists and luciferianism and stuff like that i i'm not a professional in it mm. but the vibe i get is you have certain types of beings like like potentially this archon being yeah. or even people that practice satan or say uh, satanic worship and stuff is they they consider themselves a god yeah. on the same level yeah and i think that's like it's evolved you know like that whole that there's been like this evolution of that thought process and of understanding like oh you can create your own reality and manifest things right, right, and everything right. i think some polarity to you it you want to talk about you know since there is a separation from god and the creation it's like okay whatever the substance or element of this creation is and the more pure harmonious thing that it is it's like now knowing this stuff now knowing the fact that we can create our own reality how do we do it in more of an essence of that true creator not the separation from the creator and in that sense but from the actual creator itself exactly it's finding yeah. our way back it's unifying. to that unifying. Yes. you're unifying actually mm -hmm. with the fact that we all are one and stuff like that and it's not because I do going back to that belief system because everything's flipped with with you just talk about Satan yeah. right everything's inverted with Satan mm -hmm. even with the way the um, Baphomet does his whole arm thing the as above so below uh, yeah. like posture or whatever mm -hmm. he's doing it backwards and that's why with God it's like at the right hand of the father or you have with uh, the other side is left hand path yeah right so everything's inverted with it so it even reminds me of seeing like uh, you know Masonic or uh, even like Illuminati symbols and stuff. Uh, even with the swastika is a good example. Mm -hmm. They inverted it to be a negative thing. Yeah. But yet, if you really understand the background to it, it was actually a positive thing. So yeah. they inverted. So everyone's like, oh, you're making, they're doing those hand signals. They're doing the gestures. They're yeah. doing handshakes. It's like, well, how do you know that wasn't a powerful positive thing yeah. and they just had inverted it and they have you thinking it's negative, but that's where actually all the power is, mm -hmm. you know, sacred geometry, the pentagram, I learned this recently. I was reading some Wicca thing and it was yeah. like the pentagram is not bad. It's not a negative yeah. thing. It's mm -hmm. not. It's application. It goes mm -hmm. back to that application. It goes back to the when we were talking about religions. Yeah, no, it's true. It's like it's it carry it almost carries a new frequency and stuff because I think that was even the whole point of why Hitler took it, because there was some sort of representation that mm -hmm. within it that he felt it drew in this sort of element of power and attraction. Yeah. Um, and I think it also represented the four, it represented the four corners like the cardinal or four cross crosses or something. or something like that. It had something, it's something along the I'd lines. I'd love to do, do an that. episode on symbols. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but, but since we're saying how like there's this separation and everything, you know, when you look at even the Bible and uh, revelations and like what it talks about, what the purpose is of what we're supposed to be doing now since there's been original sin and all this stuff. And, you know, this could be looked at as that separation. Um, you know, you know, they always say on earth as it is in heaven, there's a separation in heaven first. And the Bible does teach about that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, that's that, that could be part of this original sin, which there's other things as well that could be considered original sin. Um, but then we say in revelations, you know, is that, you know, God is, you know, you know, Jesus is to come back and, you know, the world goes through this turmoil and everything. And, you know, some people are left behind and, you know, are trying to find their way back to God, the creator and everything and stuff. Well, it's almost like in the same sense as that, like this Sophia or Demiurge comes back to reclaim its all encompassing power of creation and connect us back to the higher understanding. And this is what 
is really seen to be the overall teachings in all these scriptures, all these ancient texts, all these writings and everything. That's the true thing. And they have been tossed and fumbled around so much. And that's why we need to try to better understand. Uh, uh, better understand that to better be able to understand ourselves. Yeah, we've all played telephone before. Yeah. We know how it works. And when you have a story being passed down consistently over time, we all know the human brain and state of mind here is, you know, eventually you start twisting and turning the story the way you'd like it, you know? Or uh, it could even be more of like, hey, I want to put my own twist to the story because it's it, it, it this is what it would be, uh, to me, interesting how I'd want to tell it or what I maybe uh, even with like, if it was involving allegorical sense and stuff like that, who knows, maybe as time goes on, there's different discoveries Mm -hmm. and different realizations through meditation or through just however the culture ends up gathering new knowledge and they take the story and then they retell it their own way and add their own allegorical sense to it. I I mean, regardless, the game of telephone is going to equal the story changes over time. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to backtrack. Exactly. And we see that. And we see that a lot. But as far as the Anunnaki story, you know, it is said how they um, they came to Earth. Um, and it's like, okay, well, if that's a theory or, you know, people take it as mythology and all that, you know, there's also a lot of other writings like, and I'll just stick to the Bible right now that the Bible goes into about, um, how, you know, they mentioned the Nephilim, uh, you know, and these the ones that came down and all that stuff, and a lot of times it can be translated that way in uh, the Sumerian texts as well. So, you know, there's one thing that's said in the Bible being that the sons of gods um, that that have come down and they call the Nephilim and everything can they can be looked at as the descendants of Seth marrying the daughters of men, um, uh, the men of the ungodly line of Cain. Uh, but also it could be looked at as the sons of gods being these angelic beings, or it could be looked at as these heroes from mythical past, almost like Gilgamesh, you know, in, in, in the, the, the Babylonian story. But in the Bible, sons of God only occurs four to five times. And it refers to it every time. They, the, these, the, the sons of God are always referred to as angelic beings and the reason why they're always referred to being as these types of angelic beings is because you know in other times when they uh, when they when it's mentioned they don't mention as sons of gods you know as far as that way you know where it ends up being some sort of um uh human or alien race or something like that and one thing that says that is in the book of jude a jude talks about angels who abandon their proper dwelling place and go to commit strange immoralities and this is all referring back to Genesis 6 and the Nephilim. And what it says there is that the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards. So what can that really mean is like, it's like there were the cho- they were the children that came from angels and the women. But that's not the only interpretation that you could get where it's like, okay, now we're thinking of Anunnaki. Anunnaki come down and they... um you know, come in and they mate with the women of there, but it's like, well, the, but we also know it's like, oh, well, what about humans? Where did humans even, you know, get created and where did that come from? And didn't, stuff? didn't another culture also say that it was something to do with, um, like beings from the Sirius 
yes. constellation or the star or yeah. something like that, where Syrians. Yeah, the, the yes, but from, like very similar but different, like but along the lines with that scripture. Yeah, pretty much the Palladians and or That's the or was, the yeah. Syrians, not Syria, the countries like from Sirius the star system. Right, right, right. Um. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the Bible, when people look at it, it's like, oh, okay, these were these angelic beings that came down while humans were already as, you know, the modern, uh, 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 the anatomically uh, modern human and may, and all of a sudden the angels come unto the women of men. Yeah. And I know, um, and well, and they always say, like, we, we talk about where we're in different eras of time and stuff like that. And we don't have certain words yet for things or certain mm-hmm. understandings, but things are coming out of the sky. Well, we can consider that like the angels were just what we would call aliens. They're just different mm-hmm. words for it. Yeah. They're these beings that come from the sky and come down to earth and have certain powers. And we, I mean, they, it, honestly, they could have a friggin like power drill and they'd be like powers, superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what is that thing? <laughs> You know, so you don't know with the interpretations and these stories coming from an ancient era of, you know, what really what's the what's the word really mean and what's it compared to in a modern day language? Yeah. You know, and that's why it takes the speculation all the time. So that's why even with this whole the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and afterwards, you know, we said that could look as, you know, that the women of men who are the 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 line the ungodly line of Cain uh, the angels or these fallen beings or whatever they made children with the women of the time or they could just be re- represented as these types of whatever beings which we know that constantly there's so much mythology about giants and even the Bible refers to giants um, and this all plays to uh, plays in with itself um, so so. You know, that's that's another way of looking at it. But when you go further into that, the they also say that they they were there before humans and afterwards. That's basically when you really look into that line, it's that they were there before humans and then afterwards. And it also goes to say that they were the heroes from the ancient past and heroes heroes renowned. Therefore, the humans and the angels um, ended up cohabitating. Like they were there at the same time. The text does not tell us who the Nephilim or these fallen angels really were because they were well known. This is probably why they were probably well known to the original readers of this story. Um, So when it comes down to we talk about original sin, original sin may have actually been the human and angelic rebellion you know, not because of the human and angelic relation. Maybe that's part of it, but, you know, maybe that's what the Bible could be saying. It's about the fact that the rebellion, the, the split from the actual God, the wanting to be its own type of gods, you know, and them, you know, making their way off it. And then you see, and then because of that, you see how this whole thing starts to play out now on earth. Now in the Anunnaki, it's interpreted how, um, uh, it, I mean, this is how Stitchin says it that it was basically that they came uh from Nibiru because their atmosphere was you know yada 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 it was was just you know getting bad and because they're a long orbit the planet starts to cool down and apparently that the planet um had more of an internal heat um but it was just getting worse because the volcanoes weren't erupting all that stuff I don't see that's one thing I just don't it's it's great speculation it's great storytelling but I just don't see how that being literal translation 
you know it just he just made it make sense yeah you know so he had he he took what he knew yeah and tried to work backwards and say hey you know this is and he and he also tried to fit it in with the bible yeah so that means that it was actually already kind of biased yeah. or at least somewhat limited because he had said oh this might figure out the bible for me and i'm religious yeah so of course he approaches it that way and because he tried to fit it into that story you don't know what he was really mm-hmm. you know skewing and yeah. not and 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 unconsciously maybe not even realizing he was doing it yeah and hindering his own studies i agree meaning i need a little more proof mm-hmm. you know I, I might love all of this stuff but i am a skeptic at heart yeah and it's really hard for me to really invest my b- full belief into something. I actually don't really believe in beliefs. I, yeah. I'm just constantly now listening. And I just, I get it, but I think you're totally right. Like, it's a it's a great um, version. Yeah. But, I, I mean, if you really think, like, this guy figures out that basically there's this alien planet. It orbits around our Earth for 3,600, every 3,600 years. And they need gold for their atmosphere because their atmosphere is starting to dwindle or they need to save it for when it gets too far from the sun yeah. or something like that, right? And then so every time they came to Earth, they created this slave race to come here to mine gold yeah. because gold can do something with the atmosphere. And so that's why they came here and that's why they made humans. Exactly. That's uh, that. And that's, that's basically that's really it. Where, where it leads to. And, right. you know, the, the, even the whole story about, okay, how do they come here? How do they find Earth? You know, that that just goes through this whole uh, genealogy of who's the king and who gets exiled. Yeah, it becomes like its own biblical thing. Like yeah. It actually becomes like how you would read the Bible. Like, yeah. oh, you have this story and then you have these brothers and they fight mm-hmm. over humanity and you have evil and then you have good and yeah. all that. So it has this like biblical aura mm-hmm. to it, which is why everyone got really excited with all this stuff. And recently I've seen it start to pop up a lot again. Yeah. And, and it's because people are still trying to figure out the Bible and figure out religions and then also figure out our origins. What's our place in this, in this, in this world, in this universe? What is, what is our place here? Why are we even here? That's the million dollar question. That's why million dollars. Shit, dude. Shit. Fucking trillion dollars. That's a cosmic. Yeah. You're, you are a somewhat of a God at that point. And that's definitely metaphorical. But I I just wanted to say, I, it, it, all of these stories do hold some kind of truth. If we know that we, we know that by looking at our DNA, which we're going to get into, there's, there was an unnatural skewing of our DNA as well, which leads us to the fact that we definitely, definitely had a creator race, yeah. meaning we were tampered with to mm-hmm. be made. We never evolved. Darwin was, his speculation was off because what happens with the second chromosome yeah. shows us that something unnatural happened. Yeah. Uh, for us to evolve and that we haven't evolved we've always been this way since we became this way like yeah. we were made this way exactly we're gonna get you know? into the that there's there's a left behind ancient coding within ourselves and our DNA and then other primitive type uh, you know ancestors of ours that shows us that and right we'll, 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 we'll describe yeah. that as well well and why so then why this is so important with the with the tablets and all these ancient Sumerian scriptures and stuff like that is because when we figure out when they put two and two together with the way our DNA is and the chromosome two mm-hmm. and then how it lines up with how these stories are saying that there was this race of beings that came to earth for a specific reason and created yeah and genetically modified mm-hmm. a race and put us here yeah you know, it starts to make sense. Yeah. You know, and you have multiple cultures saying this from separate parts of the planet when they can't communicate. Yeah. You know, they don't have a telephone, FaceTime. Yeah. So 
obviously there's some sort of truth hidden. That's the uncovering exactly. we're, we're attempting. And then going into that, it makes you kind of like re re look over everything and be like, okay, well, what are we after now? You know, we got to think about it. Life. So many years have passed since all that, that, you know, it's been an avalanche of different experiences and occurrences in our world, on in our lives and universe and everything that it's come to the point that only we've only strayed farther and farther away from this understanding of ourselves and putting back the pieces together and really understanding and rewriting the story and changing our dogmatic beliefs a little bit helps us be able to more purely understand and see what connection we really have in this universe and in life in general and what it is that we're trying to accomplish. We don't necessarily know exactly what it is, but there is some sort of road, there's some sort of avenue to hop on and be able to do something that it's going to, that it's going to create a, a, a better life for yourself. And well, it starts with the understanding. I have, I have a shout out and it's a, a shout out is to not anybody specific, but the whole truth community and even the one, ones we call conspiracy theorists, mm-hmm. because you have the people that are say part of the system more, they live kind of like and do what they're told. And mm-hmm. you know, they grew up, they grew up in religions and not all of them are bad, but I'm saying they kind of stopped thinking for themselves and they yeah. were told a story and then they believed it. Right. So that means they kind of stopped when you stop thinking for yourself, you stop thinking altogether. Yeah. You just think about, oh, what it is I need to do that someone else told me to do today. You know, yeah. like you, it becomes a habit of just you think you have like the illusion of thinking for yourself. And no, oh, yeah. my name is John and I work at a, you know, car body shop and this mm-hmm. and that and all that. But if you believe in a religion and this and that, you're actually no different than all the other people that yeah. are you know, investing themselves in that one single belief system. Mm-hmm. Point is, is if you think you're getting somewhere because you're making money and you're living part of the system, mm-hmm. that was my point. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a submission. Like, it's a submission, right. And the thing is, is if the truth is out there, which we have all of these ancient scriptures and all this knowledge that needs to be ciphered through and all that, those people that are just abiding to the system, yeah, you might be helping society right now with your little knickknacks and, and, and things that you do at your job and all that, but we're allowing the truth to drift away every day that yeah. passes. So the more, like Gio's saying, the more thoughts and experiences we have and the more that the stories get changed and skewed and we get farther away from the source of it, yeah, we, that potentially can get lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like throwing I, a penny into the ocean. Exactly. Like you ain't finding it. It's, it's like all, you know, we're putting ourselves in a box and then, you know, then you wonder why there's certain abilities or things that you don't have or obtain. And a lot of it could come down to this root, fa- this root cause of, of not really understanding your purpose in the world or, you know, not even that you have to understand your purpose. It's about the fact that you, you see yourselves, you see yourself as just this, this is, you know, that kind of, it is what it is type of thing. And that causes you to, it, it lowers your drive. It lowers your ambition. You don't mm-hmm. know what you're working for. You're thinking, what the hell's the point? You shut off your imagination. Exactly. And then when you shut off your imagination, it doesn't allow you to, if we say that we create our reality, it doesn't allow you to actually create your reality. You're, well, then. right. You're, and I mean, what you want to see is just getting farther and farther away from you. Yeah, well, you're thinking other people's thoughts, and yes, okay, all we said before, not to contradict, mm-hmm. all thoughts already exist, yeah. and they're obviously, and you have okay, to participate whatever. in society. You have to participate, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and you're going to hear ideas from other people, but it's more so of gaining the knowledge that serves you as an individual the most, opposed mm-hmm. to what someone else thinks will serve you and is telling you to think, because we do create our own reality, and when so you fill your brain up with the concepts of other people and what was told, you're, you know, it's fine to do that, but 
you've just cut yourself off from maybe creating the best version of your own life that you could ever have and have everything you want sure. and not coming from like some spoiled, rotten, 3D, physically, yeah. you know, centered person. You could be spiritually centered. And I also mentioned that because I think the spiritual community even gets a little like uh, limp, yeah, flaccid mm-hmm. on like not like, oh, uh, peace and God. Yeah. And and they do almost the same thing where it's mm-hmm. like, if we just be and is that, yeah. well, no, you have, there's a part that like, you have to take action. You have exactly. to learn those new thoughts. You have to experience, you have to experience the new experiences. Yeah. And if you don't do that and you just sit and meditate all day and eat, you know, and have, and sit on your vegan yeah. diet and, and be a good vibration all the time, but you're not affecting the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. What good are you really doing besides sending out exactly. a little bit of better I vibrations mean, into the ether? Yeah. And if you, you know, if, if that's what makes you feel fulfilled, then that's, that's and your it, path. Yeah, right. Nothing wrong you know, with it. Yeah, no, Absolutely I, I get not. it. But there's, there's uh, you know, also if, if anybody else looks at that from the outside, you know, it's kind of a lack of participation almost in reality. Yes, maybe you're creating some sort of resonance, you know, uh, uh, on the energies of the earth and and you are you can you're still so, do that. you're so aligned that you're able to put out this energy and frequency that does maybe cause some sort of healing right. or something like you that you can still do that you know that's there you go then that's just your your purpose but that's not for everybody and i think that's what's misconceived a lot of times in the spiritual community is the fact that we need to be doing one specific certain thing as a spiritual person that's not necessarily true i think everybody has their own type of because we everybody has their own Taurus field and you know it may be different how one person from another how they um how they strengthen that and how they have their effect in this reality i heard a metaphor some another teacher i watch and he was like you know we go to school and we go to like you know a university and get one degree when your skull and your mind is 360 degrees mm-hmm. don't sit there and go for just one degree like wow. we're taught to go sit there and be one thing yeah but you are a 360 degree person yeah so you should have different aspects you should be multifaceted in your experiences on earth and if you're just a computer programmer mm-hmm. and you just go do this and yeah. you just go do that you know i it, you're it once again all of this all of these talks and eventually we're just going to stop kind of like stick or like getting defensive but we don't really want to you know our goal is not to hurt anybody's feelings but yeah. we're really trying to make it a point that we live in a certain type of world right now and it's a certain way and it's going to take action it's not just spiritual it's you could be spiritual you can send out good vibrations but you are in a physical body on a physical earth mm-hmm. with other physical people and things yeah so to expand your mind and then also to seek truth and share the truth and be in community with one another and do things for others is the thing that's going to change the world. Like, yes, first you change yourself. Yeah. You change your own world first, but, and then how are you going to be the value of those around you? We are like, what if your stomach cells didn't want to work with your brain cells? Yeah. You know, it's like, cause our gut and mind are connected. Imagine if the stomach's like, I ain't sending fucking, I ain't sending no hormones up to the brain. Shit. Exactly. They believe in, uh, you know, (laughs) They wear top hats. Fuck that brain. <laughs> <laughs> they wear top hats. No, but that's the thing. I heard Communi- they're Amish. <laughs> Community's important, though. And they, like you just said, even within the body, you know. Well, because, well, my, like, you know, so many things could come from this, but, like, we talk about religions and belief systems. It's like, you can choose a belief system, archetypes, things, believe in Jesus Christ, believe in Buddha. All of that is cool. But are you 
you know, are you communing and 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 be unifying? Like all all of the religions end up saying like we're all children of God. Yeah. So are we unifying and coming together, or are you saying that guy's a jerk off because he doesn't he be- believe what I believe? Right. And so that's, it, and that's if that's exactly, where you're at, yeah, I'm sorry. Like you're, I'm I'm gonna say you're kind of wrong. I yeah. I usually don't say that. Yeah. But I if, mean, if it's it's only causing a further a further divide. Well, you if you want agree. a better world, right? You don't have to agree with me, mm-hmm. but if you want a better world. Like if you want your grandchildren or your family or your friends to experience a, a better life, like we're, it's going to take all of us working together yeah. and to get out of our closed off belief systems and the brick walls we've hit of, oh, well, I believe this. Yeah. If I, if I eat meat, I'm, my crown chakra will close. Yeah. You shouldn't tell people what to think and what to do, but it's, yeah. it's, but don't become too spiritual or too religious because you're actually, you're, you're doing the opposite yeah. of what it is you're your religion's telling you yeah. to do. Well, Jesus this? said that whatever I could do, you could do better. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's not saying to just worship him. He's saying to be like him. Yeah. You know, so yeah. don't just go to church and, and look at his statue with all the blood coming out of him and him sitting on the cross and saying, thank you, Jesus. I repent mm-hmm. and all that. What are you doing to be like yeah. him? Because that's what he's trying to say. And the story is about sacrifice as well. Sacrifice as well. But what's the saying? Two heads are better than one. You know, we talk about this whole division in, in, in beliefs and everything that causes the beliefs. People's certain uh, st- sticking to their beliefs causes this some sort of division. But, you know, as the saying goes, two heads are better than one. You know, say you're stranded on an island, just you and some other person. Yeah. Are you guys going to try to survive together or because you're a Catholic and he's an atheist, you're just not going to you're not going to help each other. You're not going to help yourselves by helping each other. Yeah, that's well, the concept. And this stemmed from when we're going back in time to read these ancient stories and you see that a lot of these stories are similar, yeah. but they're just slightly different. And then we started picking with the which ones we liked and what club yeah, we were in, exactly. but realizing that the story actually comes from a similar source or yeah. basically the same place. Mm-hmm. You know, humans created a divide there. Yeah, and that's Imagine. my point. Like that's why I say what I say. Yeah. Be spiritual. Be atheist. Be whatever you want. I don't yeah. care what words you use. But if you're unifying with other human beings and communing and being one for the whole and valuing the rest mm-hmm. of the world, then you're okay. Yeah. Use whatever words you'd like. Shalom, Jesus, Melchizedek, yeah. whatever the hell. Uh, Melchizedek. <laughs> you never heard of Mel- Mel- it's Mel- uh, something Melchizedek, Melchizedek or something. I've never heard of that before. I thought you were just okay, making up a okay, word okay. here. Sorry, say what you're gonna no, say. No, but um, that's the thing. Imagine the capabilities if if all these different belief systems merged together not that they got to fucking come some sort of new religion but cooperated together in such a way you don't got a circle jerk yeah like just sit there and cooperate with one another and imagine what the things that they'd be able to mel cheese a deck <laughs> mel cheese a deck i got a deck of cheese <laughs> no but if they were finish to, your point but sorry. if they were merged together and come together you know they'd be able to use all their knowledge and the different the, the variances of their knowledge the variation of knowledge to be able to sit there and and uh, be able to just create a better physicality in this world that's the whole point of it so i think beat the shit out of that one anyway yeah, well, my cheesy dick says that. Uh, <laughs> what is that again? So what is all it? All right, well, hear me out. So Melche- I think it's Melchizedek. So Melchizedek, um, what I'm reading here on Wikipedia, it is proposed that Melchizedek is Jesus Christ, 
Melchizedek, oh. as Jesus Christ, lives, preaches, dies, and is resurrected in a Gnostic perspective. The coming of the Son of God, Melchizedek speaks of his return to bring peace, supported by God, and he is a priest king who dispenses justice. And I'm reading from Wikipedia. M-E-L-C-H-I-Z-E-D-E-K. Melchizedek. Very interesting. So if it claims that he basically has a similar teaching to Jesus, just like Krishna, who is in the India India god, and yeah. and you have uh, you know Dionysus, and we've mm-hmm. gone through the sun gods before, yeah. and then uh, these stories end up kind of linking back to the Anunnaki story a little bit. I mean, I think the Anunnaki story. Am I, if you if I had to give an opinion, mm-hmm. uh, I I from what I gather, I I think we were. Just genetically created and i think a lot of that story is literal and then i think the, there's allegorical things that were in it that ended up being religions mm-hmm. I, I that's like my own perspective on it, it, it it's always going to come back to at least with me it's about unity it's about humanity it's not about beliefs in who we call our characters and it's okay yeah. if you believe these things you don't smite people and i'm not smiting anybody or any of you for that but if you're if you're the one doing the smiting or you think that someone's going to hell because they believe in something different when yet when we do this research, we end up coming to uh, points like just for just now. Right. Mm-hmm. I never really looked into Melchizedek yeah. a lot. Right. But I've heard it that name plenty of times and we're talking Gnostic. We're talking the Archons. Yeah. The Archons are actually from the Gnostic story. Mm-hmm. So Melchizedek, if you read the story, what I gather from this and I did and I and I researched this on air just now yeah. that they claim that he was the, basically the Gnostic Jesus Christ could potentially could be the same person. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about there's, there's, or a similar, yeah, per, you know, but there's same, mes- t- same archetype. Yeah. Well, there's prophecies of, of a Messiah well before Jesus. Well, you know, that's, I mean, that's why the Jews, they thought well, that Zoroaster was the big one. Yeah. So, you know, there was a prophecy of this return of Christ and we can go into the whole thing about that. And we will again. We will. Yeah. You know, we got to get back on the Anunnaki yeah, and the aliens exactly. and finish this up. But, you know, so, it, it, we did stem mm-hmm. off. But my point was too is let's all be open for speculation. Yeah. I'll remind everybody probably every episode because yeah. I'm just a repetitive freaking yeah. Gemini, fucking typical yeah. Gemini. We're also trying to break past those thick walls of those paradigms yeah. for certain people. Repetitive here is repetition is the best teacher. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know that cause I'm a musician and I don't learn things in one day. It takes me freaking seven days straight playing yeah. for three hours a day. So yeah, exactly. But getting back to the Anunnaki story. So uh, we said about the whole atmosphere and everything and, and them having to look for gold, you know, that's the stitch and interpretation of it is like they're looking for gold to be able to uh, granulate it and put in their atmosphere to better, Whatever. Yeah. So uh, what what causes this whole, you know, they're looking for it. They're looking for it to come out. And it's said, uh, I, I don't know how the interpretation is said as far as like them knowing if they know where it is or they know of they're looking in the solar system or whatever. But there is a conflict that happens in the story between um uh, a, a, one of the Anunnaki gods, Ala, uh, Alalu, and Anu, and we know Anu to be that more of supreme being, that dwelling place possibly of the heavens. A lot of moose. So, um, it comes down to it is that they get into a conflict about who's going to be the king when Anu becomes king, and and Alalu, um, Ala, uh, Alalu says that no, he should rightfully have the throne. And they're trying to prove, like, how do you have the throne? Uh, you're not a descendant of this, whatever. And he says, no, I am the descendant of this, this, and this. So, therefore, I am a direct descendant. And they go through the archives, and they look, and the records are kind of there. Uh, the records are there. 
So they fight it out. Anu and Alalu. Alalu loses. Um, and I think he, I think in the story, it's like he was, had to like die. Um, so what he does is he escaped and he exiled from Nibiru, apparently, and follows the orbit of Pluto and lands on Earth. And when he lands on Earth, something to be said is, as a lot of the story where they claim the Apsu, the Abzu, not Apsu, but that's also a play on thing there. They land in the Apsu. Now, Apsu um, the way it's described in the story and from the actual archaeological findings as well, there's a lot of connection and it's Southeast Africa. And in Southeast Africa, there's a lot of things dating back. We'll get into it. A lot of things dating back to our origins as humans as well. Uh, not only that, it's very rich in gold. Uh, so, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, old gold mining uh, uh, setups there as well. So, Alalu comes there, he searches around, tests the water, da da da, apparently, and then he finds the gold, uh, reaches back out to Nibiru, and this is where this whole thing begins now, in, in, in that interpretation of the story. And that's where they commission the commission of, okay, come to Earth, uh, go to Earth and mine the gold and everything. Um, and when that happens, there's this whole commission that's set, set ahead. And the top people turn out to be Enki and Enlil that oversee this. And Enlil is the main one overseeing this whole thing and a whole operation. And Enki, you know, is is kind of part of it as well. But Enki is the one who's apparently physically on Earth. I think that's that's what they that's what they put it there. And 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 so every time Nibiru comes into uh into orbit close to Earth, um, they almost have like their own like space station and that's when that's when you know they use mars as a way station to bring the gold there um and alalu oversees that which is pretty crazy about alalu overseeing the gold mining operation um and being on mars because in it's kind of said that he uh you know when he dies there's a there's a uh commemoration of him on mars and it and a lot of people speculate that the face looking object on Mars actually is supposed to be an ancient architecture um, that is supposed to be in commemoration of Alalu. Uh, And you could even go online. You can look at the face on Mars. Uh, A lot of it's been edited and there's a whole thing with Carl Sagan uh, where his his partner wasn't too happy. Yeah, his partner wasn't happy and literally called him out for doctoring the photos and that Carl Sagan was in bed with NASA. And therefore, that's why the you know there's an original image that really looks like a face, and the other one doesn't. And there's this whole debate on there actually being pyramids and other architecture on Mars, but that's for another day. Yeah, that's a whole another story of basically yeah. Mars inhabited by yeah by a race, and yeah, it they blew themselves up. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, and that would make sense with their weird atmosphere that they don't have. Um, yeah. So so now the Anunnaki come to Earth and. You know, this is where the, you know, it comes into that correlation with the Bible and a correlation with all these other things of these fallen ones, these watchers, the Nephilim, uh, these angels, you know, that they come down. And now it's at the point that there needs to be some sort of of mining of this gold to happen. And how are they going to do it? Well, they fashion their own. There's a there's a there's a race, apparently, uh, of that are part of the Anunnaki, but are not the Anunnaki themselves. Um, and 
I think Reyes said it uh, as far as them being known as the Ajiji. The Ajiji are this other uh, almost extraterrestrial race uh, that are inferior to the Anunnaki. And they are set in place to be the workers mining for this gold. Um, over time, I think it's said of like 150,000 years that they're mining for gold. And it comes down to that they rebel and don't want to mine the gold anymore, according to the story. And the rebellion happens and there's a whole fight with that and, and they get wiped out as well. Um, so this is where the fashioning comes in to uh, create a new working uh, a, new, a new like new laborers basically and and Lil just wants to get the gold blow the place up pretty much and get the hell out of there you know so who because the Enki is known to be the uh, the god of mischief the god of you know creation and all this stuff he is fashioned to create some sort of workers um, and it is said it is said that uh, uh, Ninmu Nin, Ninma Ninma uh, which it, it calls to be translated as the mother of Enki, um, has this is the one who has the idea to create and fashion, um, create and fashion these types of hominids uh, with the species on Earth uh, to be these workers. And apparently, there's different trials and errors of it happening to the point that she ends up going to Enki to Enki to do it, and. Anki starts doing it and a lot comes in. You know, we see a lot in all these, all different types of religions and Bibles and teachings and myths about clay, about the creation of man through clay or mud or some sort of dirt. It's always been part of the creation story. Um, and clay plays a, a very active role in life because of its certain properties of which I'm not going to really get into right now. But, you know, as far as like we even seen about the Greeks that Prometheus molded man out of water and earth, uh, God fashioned Adam from dirt and uh, uh, breathed life into his nostrils, all that. So mud and clay are being a, a big part of everything in all these religious texts and myths. Yeah, because obviously we know that it, that it, like if it sounds too far fetched, in my opinion, just it, there's something deeper to it. Like, I think the funkier the story like you're taking these words and symbols that they're using mm -hmm. and it's kind of say somewhat exaggerated or it's mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, it's like a sleight of hand of a story. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of showing you this yeah. in this hand, but it really means this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way to, for two reasons. One, they hid the knowledge yeah. or two, they, for comprehension for purposes, compre yeah. during, it could have been during, either yeah. Yeah, at that particular time. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what's fascinating about us having, this is where now, see, this is why religion, I, 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 I don't know. I'm always torn on it, the whole separation of of science and, and, and religion and stuff. But I think there there is a cooperation to happen because science can help explain a lot of these things and could turn more people into believing in having some sort of spirituality, if you think about it, because the science can explain it. Because, look, what have we said so much about the whole number 666 being carbon man and all that, uh, you know, and, and, you know, obviously more of the more spiritual side of it, too. But. It's like yeah, there's numerology to that. There's a lot of earthiness to you know the, the stories of of the creation of man. Um, so it was said in the uh, you know I think it's the end of the Anuma Elish it goes into the Atra Hasis where it is said that Enki is to fashion with Ninnahersag uh, or it can be known as Damkina, which we've mentioned before as being um, you know part of the whole. Know, earth creation as well and everything so they are to fashion a human and they uh, apparently it's said in the story from mud or clay 
and the the blood from the slain the slain Kingu. And we've said who Kingu is. Kingu was, uh, you know, Kingu turn was Tiamat's uh, vizier. Uh, that when we went through that whole creation of the solar system story through the Anunnaki, you know, uh, Kingu was, you know, turns into our moon pretty much. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can see that also it goes from the, uh, you know, more of the planetary explanation, but also it goes into actually being a yeah, person. Like where does it break off being literal or not? Because yeah. here's a good, here's a good example of an allegory that in e Egypt, the, yeah. the moon God was named Sin. You could look that up. Mm -hmm. Sin was the name of the moon god. And in the in, ast in astrology or anything in mythology, the moon always represents the feminine and the emotions. So mm -hmm. you would kind of interpret, say, if the Bible say you're living in sin, yeah. well, you're living in emotions, meaning you're making decisions based off of your own selfish egoic emotions. Yeah. You're living in sin. You're Makes sinning. Sense. You're not doing it for the whole. You're not doing it for it's that's ego. Yeah. You know? So and that's how you would use some sort of like allegory or Humpty Dumpty I've mentioned before. Yeah. You know, the the cycle of the moon being twenty eight days, you know, the um, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, falls, breaks down, all the mm -hmm. king's horses, all the king's men. All of that's a story of the moon cycle every month. Yeah. That's allegory. Crazy. Allegorical. Yeah. Yeah. So it's said that now that that Enki is to fashion um a a species to be able to perform this gold mining operation and using mud or clay uh, or earth materials and the blood of the slain Kingu. So we see now that starts going into more of like on the scientific realm of more of like this genetic engineering of of Enki being this master geneticist that uh, that takes on this this role of trying to create and make a hybrid type you know human thing um so apparently it's said in the story that also you know it was there was a lot of you know trial and error and they you know they fashioned workers and everything and stuff and we can see that as being like you know what was on earth at the time it was you know all the different types of animal species you know that were that were there and they were combining the 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 you know the genetics of those species along with their own. Um, and there's a lot that can show that being a possibility, which we're going to get into. But just as far as a little bit more of the story, um, it goes on that way. It comes to a point where they're trying to trying to trying. And then they, you know, there's a lot of like not working. And then finally they come up with humans, us anatomically modern humans, like we are pretty much today, you know, and that's due to Enki actually not abiding to what yes was actually originally what? planned was to make yes just a slave race and basically like more in like the genetics yeah. like we wouldn't have been thinking for ourselves we couldn't reproduce and we don't eventually just kind of you know yeah it gets stale and die off yeah you know? and it was and, something that was behind the back of Enlil um and it was that you know at first yeah that we didn't have that knowledge or anything um, but there was things that were changed that had that happen. And it's like, okay, what kind of evidence can we see that to be true, though? Yeah, well, and so for some reason, Enki does change his mind and gives us, supposedly yeah. in the story, does give us these powers. I actually found a um, an excerpt real quick. Okay. You don't mind if I jump no, in? Go ahead. Um, it was, uh, it's actually from Greg Braden's book, and it's in Human by Design. And he says, the story describes... A time when multiple gods ruled over the earth, and for reasons that are detailed in the text, one of the gods was sacrificed and his blood was mixed with clay to create the first human. That would be Kingu. 
Right. An excerpt tells the story. And here's the excerpt. In clay, God and man shall be bound to a unity brought together so that to the end of days, the flesh and the soul, which in a God have ripened, that that soul in blood kinship be bound. And in other words, the story suggesting that we're a product of an intentional act that was overseen by an advanced human-like beings, um, imbuing all of us with certain qualities with, with the gods placed into the new human. Mm-hmm. Now, the first human in the Jewish, Christian, and Islamic traditions, um, there's a, an ongoing theme of all these ancient creation stories and the descriptions of the human origin at the hands of more advanced and otherworldly beings. Like all of them have that touch yeah. of that otherworldly being or God or something mm-hmm. higher than us. So uh, the oral traditions of the Hebrew uh, Midrash and early uh, Kabbalah, for example, describe how the creator asked his angels, and I take the quote, um, go and fetch me dust for the four corners of the earth and I will create man therewith. In similar terms, the Holy Quran refers to God's creation of humankind from natural elements. And I quote, we created you of dust. Yeah. um, And then actually, sorry, at another point in the Quran, uh, the birth of man is attributed to God acting through fluid. It is he, God, who has created man from water, clay and water, right? right? And that's in the Quran. So I just, there's three or four separate texts. That's in the Greek uh, story of Prometheus, like I said before. You did, right. So now let's go into these DNA and genetic findings that we see through, you know, the actual science and and stuff. So, you know, um, archaeologists, you know, I, I don't have the time frame of it, but uh, they found the remains of a Neanderthal baby girl, and we were said. Let's remember what Darwin said about you know we're 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 led on to believe that we're descendants of Neanderthals, but we're going to show how that's not necessarily true. So the remains of a Neanderthal baby girl was found a while back um, by researchers at uh, at Glasgow, and they extracted the mitochondrial DNA from this baby's ribs. Now, the mitochondrial DNA is something that scientists use to be able to really see, and it goes through the female, the female part of 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 generations, um, to be able to trace back the oldest findings and roots of our human origins. So they extract this DNA from the baby's rib and compared it to present day human DNA, and what they found was that we are not direct descendants of Neanderthals. Anatomically modern human DNA has been found during the time of Neanderthals, which we are originally thought to derive from. So instead, it shows that we um, procreated with Neanderthals as well. So then it's like, okay, well, where do Neanderthals, you know, come from? You know, that's just another form of this genetic change and what we call evolution of from primates and actual primates and actual animals into more of this. Uh, you know, into this, you know, Homo erectus, Hope, Homo uh, Heidel, Heidelbergensis, or however you say it, um, and all these other different types of the the hominid species. You know, until we get to the point of anatomically modern humans, but there's big, big mysteries within that when looking at this DNA. So scientists now believe that anatomically modern humans are us, and we are them. They looked and functioned like us. And had all the same nervous system wirings that we do today. Homo sapiens have not changed, uh, have not changed since then. 
And that proposes a problem for the conventional evolutionary theory. When you want, uh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah uh, well, I I ended up because I this is why I wanted to talk about Braden's work because yeah. he had a whole section on this, and this is coming from a scientist book, and he laid out four facts to to support what Geo's saying. Yeah, uh, kind of you know, uh, paraphrasing a little bit, but more so, um, like what Geo's saying. This is Greg Braden. This is direct. Yeah. Um, the fact, the first fact is the relationship shown on the conventional human evolutionary tree are speculative connections only. While they are believed to exist and are taught as factual in public schools, 150-year search has failed to produce the physical evidence that confirms the relationships depicted on the evolutionary family tree. Fact number two, if the fossil record is accurate anatomically, Modern humans appeared on Earth suddenly approximately 200,000 years ago with advanced features that set them apart from every other form of life that had already developed to date or has developed since. These features have remained unchanged in us and include a brain 50% larger than that of our nearest primate relative, the chimpanzee, um, upright posture and advanced manual dexterity, the capacity for advanced language, an extended neural network that allows for extraordinary capabilities such as deep intuition and access to heart-based wisdom on demand. Fact number three, the lack of common DNA between AMHs and Neanderthals, this is what cued me yeah. to want to jump in, mm-hmm. uh, tells us that we anatomically modern humans did not descend from ancient Neanderthals. Additional studies reveal that our forebearers shared the earth with the Neanderthals, exactly, per, exactly what Geo said, that were previously thought to be some of our ancestors. Logically, if we shared the earth with them, we could not have descended from them. Last fact, DNA analysis reveals uh, that the DNA that sets us apart from other primates is a result of a mysterious process of fusion that resulted in the second largest chromosome in the human body, human chromosome number two, which I'm sure we're about to go into more. The way human chromosome number two is fused suggests something beyond evolution that has made our humanness possible. The turning off or removal of overlapping functions and the fact that it happens so quickly rather than slowly over a long period of time, which debunks Darwinianism. Uh, armed with these four facts alone, we have more than enough reasons to rethink the traditional story of who we are. Clearly, we're not the product of an evolutionary process, uh, at least not the kind of evolution that Charles Darwin had in mind when he proposed his original theory in the 19th century. Looking at the scientific probability that the DNA uh, that gives us our humanness occurred by chance, the odds of which have been compared to the odds of a junkyard tornado creating an airplane points to the conclusion that we humans are not the result of random events set into motion by pure chance. Yes, and we could see this being aligned with the Anunnaki story. But now yes. to, to further break that down in the findings of it, only 1.5% of, uh, there's only a 1.5 DNA difference that separates us from chimps. And we also share, fun fact, 60% of DNA with the common fruit fly, 80% with the cow, 90% with the average household cat. You know, so there's a lot of similarities in these different species. So if we have so much in common genetically with other creatures, why are we so different from them? So a single gene can be activated in different ways to do different things in different degrees. It's about how those genes are activated or expressed. Now, there's a there's the Fox P2 gene that is now directly linked to form complex. It's directly linked to 
forming complex speech um, and language within uh, humans. It's a protein in chromosome number seven, and it's coded from a gene and is present in both humans and chimps. So why can't chimps have a language and uh, talk to? I mean, I know they have some sort of way to communicate, but why can't they do it like humans? Well, there's something different, though, in the ways these genes are ex- how the way they express themselves to allow us to have that language and speech. So there was like Ray was saying, there was a uh, uh, there was a mutation in the gene and it happened around the same time the first language was said to derive. Um, it also happened in the same time frame when modern humans evolved, so to say. The speed of the mutation does not go along with the theory of evolution, given the speed. Our capacity for language happened when changes to the two single letters in the DNA code arose in the last 200,000 years of human evolution. Number keeps popping up. Exactly. So it was thought that us humans, we uh, would have more chromosomes than any other species. But the thing that was discovered with that is that we had 46 while chimps had 48. And even the common fern has uh, 1,010. So it's the chromosome number is, is called the organism's uh, diploid number. That is because there are two of each type of chromosome. One comes from the mother and the one from the father. These chromosomes are called uh, homo- homologous chromosomes because they code for the same traits. So what does that mean? It, it, it looks like we are missing chromosomes, but a closer look shows us it isn't missing at all, but rather it's been modified and rearranged in uh, a way that hasn't been obvious in the past. Yeah, if anything, more efficient. Exactly. So further looking into it, the second largest chromosome in the body, like Ray had mentioned, chromosome number two, actually contains the smaller missing chromosome that are found in chimps. So this means that somehow in the past, two separate chimp chromosomes were combined into a single larger chromosome, which have now, uh, which which we have now, and that is our chromosome number two. Uh, number two. While scientists acknowledge that the mutations definitely occurred in FOXP2, and that they happen within the time frame that correlates with the the rise of anatomically modern humans. They can't pinpoint exactly what has caused this genetic mutation. So new technology has been able to show us precisely what happened to create human chromosome number two. But there's no real scientific explanation what it is that happened. So I'll explain it in two ways. Uh, the The scientist's own technical language and then in a simpler format to show why it's important to what it means in our discussion of human origins. So from the the scientist's perspective, from the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, it's concluded that the locus locus cloned in Cosmids C8.1 and C29b is the relic of an ancient telomere-to-telomere fusion and marks the point at which two ancestral eight chromosomes fuse to give rise to chromosome number two. Now, that just sounds like a bunch of scientific mumbo-jumbo, right? So... Let me give you the simplified version, and it's going a lot off of what Ray said. The simplified version is, it appears that a long time ago, two separate chromosomes from chimpanzees, and these were chromosome, uh, chromosomes 2A and 2B, were merged or fused into the single larger chromosome that is now our human chromosome number two. It's the key that gives us our humanness. Uh, many characteristics 
that makes us uniquely human come from this fusion. And what I'm about to say is not the conclusion of, uh, you know, peer reviewed science or scientists and everything uh, as far as the theory. Although there are many mainstream scientists uh, that suspect this to be true, but are reluctant to speak out uh, uh, because of fear of losing their reputation, credibility, or even their jobs. So here's what we're going to say about it. When looking at the evidence, it makes sense to look beyond evolution and biological luck to explain that we exist as we do. The evidence suggests that we are results of an intentional act of some kind. Point, the mutations in FOX2P and chromosome 2 are precisely uh, are precise and that they appear to have happened quickly. Also, uh, optimization of the human chromosomes number 2 that occurred after the fusion happens to appear to be intentional. The fact that after 150 years of searching, there's been no physical evidence that has been discovered that links us to other forms of life on the tree of primate e evolution. It suggests that we may be a species under ourselves with no evolutionary history. Secondly, we are the product of an intentional, uh, intelligent form of life. Given the timing, precision, and accuracy of our genetic mutations and the technology required to yield such mutations implies forethought and intention of an advanced intelligence. This goes right along with the story, people. So, point, the intelligence that carried out genetic modifications giving us our humanness had, to, uh, had the advanced technology to do so 200,000 years ago in a way that we are only learning today. For example... Uh, example, DNA fusion and gene splicing. You see where this is going? So to honestly acknowledge these possibilities opens us to a paradigm that, that shifts the way we feel about ourselves and the way we view our places in the universe. And with this shift, we free ourselves from the lonely dogmatic beliefs of insignificance. Instead, we can see ourselves as one of a rare and unique heritage that we're only beginning to explore. We are here with a body that provides us with an ability of compassion, empathy, sympathy, intuition, self-healing, and so much more. This is what separates us from the other uh, species and creatures that we have such common uh, genetic factors with. So with that fact, it suggests that we are intended to utilize and master these traits that we've arrived with from the time of our origin. So now it's about how do we fully awaken these amazing capabilities and reclaim our humanness. So it doesn't with this evidence, it really does not seem so far fetched that there can be this intelligent life form or extraterrestrial life that has come down, have basically created us through genetic modifications with yeah. other species. And plus, I mean, we all know by now not only because Hollywood throws the alien things, in our, uh, the, the thing, you know, the existence of aliens in our face, and they, and they, of course, they dress it up as it's all bad and we're going to be attacked and all. Which look out for any false flags, because yeah. from what I see, if there's a, you know, uh, an advanced civilization, of course, there's good and bad and everything. Even from this story, we're getting. They already the, said that they're communicating with them. Right. Right. Well, and then on top of it, though, like you know, just so people know that and remind them that if. There is advanced civilizations. I'm pretty sure they've lasted that long because they they figured out that war mm -hmm. really isn't the answer. Yeah, uh, or they wouldn't be 
thousands and thousands of years ahead, you know? Um, obviously, there there could be potentially bad ones that make it and just flutter around the universe and want to yeah. create things and whatever. W- regardless, um, almost all universal, like, scriptures from the world's most ancient and cherished spiritual traditions, right, they agree that we humans are linked to something beyond ourselves and even our immediate uh, surroundings. Uh, as different as all the traditions are from one another, when it comes to the story of human origins, their accounts are also surprisingly similar, as we know. At that, an advanced intelligence and an intentional act being responsible for our origin, like we just gave you the science for, the use of the terms they use are like angels, which we talked about, mm-hmm. they come from the sky. In the ancient tongues, the author spoke um, of the same thing when describing human creation suggests that a group of intelligence was involved. Uh, the descriptions explaining that we are the product of the dust clay soil of our planet being fused with an essence that is not from this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the three Abrahamic traditions too, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, it is the dust or clay of the earth that is used to create the first body of the human being and then following the formation of the first human body, for example, life is breathed into the nostrils of the person and the blood of being a higher intelligence. Those are three separate religions yeah. with those three as- or with all of those aspects. And I, I mind you that once, if something's repeated over time and if it's a little funky or a little off, there is a deeper connection to it, but you just can't take these things surface level. You have to look deeper. And we have, and there is the science now to know that there is a fusing of the DNA, mm-hmm. that the, all of these stories are telling us something, and then now the science proves that us being genetically modified, and then you go back to an ancient tablet that is thousands and thousands of years old saying that there was a, there was a race that created... Yeah us or another race for you know whatever for whatever reasons i think when you color in these stories that's where you have to be careful yeah. right you yeah. can't really assume completely like oh well, we were a slave race or this mm-hmm. and that but the fact is is there's all those connections make it to where you can at least see yeah and that it's like, that yeah. we were created and it's like it's like okay well what does this mean for let's just say for example for religious people like does that mean oh my god they're worshiping the wrong thing and should we be worshiping this 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 other alien race or something like that no if anything is taught us even within scriptures and myths and texts what's taught us is that there was a separation from this true higher intelligent creative force of nature of this ultimate god alter supreme being that we are apparently all products of and 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 a working system of this uh, this master architect and everything. This is not to say the Anunnaki, not the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki are also, if that's a real thing, is a product of that. And it's that we, there's been a separation since before us of this ultimate higher source intelligence that makes everything function. That it's at a point where us understanding these stories and now the scientific evidence that could kind of back it up it shows us okay. We need to re uh, we need to redo our thinking, redo our belief systems, redo it to understand that okay, we were given these capabilities to be able to you know have things such as sympathy, empathy, and all that stuff that other species don't have. So what are we doing with it? It's like we need to be able to reiterate and find that that separation, you know is what's causing the lack in our life. And it's like finding a new way to be able to 
understand and have the awareness of these capabilities of ourselves and to take it to the next level, reclaim our humanness, reclaim what really makes us us and do something with it and to become masters of it. And this is where you see in all the different types of, you know, the Buddhists and everything and the paths of, of enlightenment and all this people awakening and all that. It's because of the fact that it's we are finding things like this and like the Sumerian texts and, and, and breaking them down and understanding more to see that there's more to life. And knowing that there's more to life can get you out of the funk that you're in. Yeah, and simple fact, too. I mean, what got us this far is our imagination and our creation. You know, like mm-hmm. the things we do that when we when we create, like we, we figured out cities and we figured out, um, uh, you know, a, a society and we operate in the way we do and we're evolving in that way every day. And the only way we get past our next obstacle as a, as a race is using our creativity yeah. mixed in with the logic, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is if you if we're hitting a brick wall with our belief systems, like let's say our religions or our political system or our financial system, if like that's the next part of evolution is understanding that maybe certain things have run their course. Yeah. And not to say that it, any belief, say maybe as ran its course where you have to stop believing in it, but we have to allow ourselves to not allow these, or we have to basically prevent the blocking of evolution because mm-hmm. of our paradigms and yeah. because of the belief systems. It's okay what you believe, but if, if, if we're preventing the next step for humanity and, uh, you know, let's say, uh, you know, with global warming or any of these so-called things that are supposed to happen in the next few, you know, decades or whatever, what, what, regardless, if there's something on the way that we have to protect ourselves from, yeah, well, we're falling behind if we're not taking steps forward and standing still because we want to just say we believe in something. It's not mm-hmm. about beliefs anymore. It's about facts. Yeah. It's about understanding things, knowing the consciousness. Things. Right, right exactly. from right where we yeah. restarted here. And if and if we're to say and and let's just say at this, if there's this extraterrestrial life that has a part in our origins, and if that intention originally for us in our creation was to be some sort of enslaved race or species. And we see, and if it's true that there is um, this mixture of a extraterrestrial higher race with the, uh, with the forms of, of species on earth, that means that there's a bloodline. There means there's a bloodline of these archons or aliens or whatever you want to call them. And we also see that there's bloodlines in royalty and everything in this world in our society. And we see that there's a massive manipulation, a massive control and stuff and everything like that. This could be all in cahoots with it as well. And it's to break ourselves free from that because who knows what can still be made to be going on. It could be the fact that this, the, the, the work, the original work of all this of of, the, of our creation, the story's still going, and it's up to us to be able to find out what we are really made of, how we are able to do things, and to break free from the enslavement. I don't that doesn't necessarily mean literal enslavement from some sort of alien or or higher governments from or ourselves. royalties from it's ourselves enslavement from ourselves. Yep. And if we take the stories and the history to be able to understand that the many, 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 many histories of enslavement and everything and stuff, it's all allegorical to be like, hey, like to release ourselves from the chains of 
of this oppressed way of being and not to say that all are oppressed or anything and stuff, but there has been a mass oppression of society in, yeah. in, in, in many different forms. So understanding this evidence, understanding the, 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 the science behind ourselves and understanding our true body and our capabilities and, and what these ancient teachings are teaching us, it allows us to be able to find a way to elevate ourselves, elevate our consciousness and be able to heal and be able to do many, many different things, which we're going to go about in a lot of episodes. But on that note, we're going to wrap this up, you know, in our next uh, next few episodes and especially the next episode, we're going to go farther into that now seeing the fact that humans are created and humans are here and all the different archaeological and scientific findings about us being here now. Um, peaking, how does peaking with Atlantis? Yes, how does it start to peak? How does it how does civilization start forming? And, you know, and this roots a lot back to the Sumerians, like we've said about how they were the first and oldest advanced uh uh, human civilization and where it comes into about how these bloodlines are formed and how these civilizations spread out and started to um uh you know they started combining with other types of species to create all different types of races and moving amongst the earth and you know the banish we're going to the, we'll go into more of the banishment of the garden of eden and you know leading into uh what possibly could be what we know as atlantis and this higher form of life that these ones now, now that we have been genetically created to have that sympathy and this knowing and understanding, where did they take that? Where did the, the, the this, where did civilizations take that understanding of themselves where they started to develop and what were they doing and, and where did that go? It's all what we're going to go into next. So stick with us. We appreciate you listening. Um, as always, make sure to like, subscribe follow us um we'd like to hear from you too let us know what you think about all this as well uh you could do that on our facebook our our uh we always post too on instagram as well uh give us a shout out all our episodes now along with some great special videos we're doing with some guests um are on our youtube now we just did one with the gematronator uh with derek shout out to derek with derek yes he was he's the man awesome yes awesome stuff he's a he's a great he he mm. does his work with numerology and his work with the uh, the eclipses yeah and 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 just finding all the patterns through numbers and mm. just all his work is phenomenal he deserves more recognition absolutely um and in the process of saying this there's many of other teachers out there that we're gonna have on we have Santos Bonacci yeah who just responded to us Bonacci. I cannot wait for that yes um actually uh, where we're heading now too is we have a a, a fellow named Achintia yeah and he was if you go to YouTube. There is a documentary called Crossing Over 2012, and it's by Brave Archer Films is the, is the uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first real videos where I had witnessed, I saw, I, I always mentioned I saw Zeitgeist, but this was a great video about all these, um, they were talking about the binary star and how we, we basically have a, like a binary orbit with the star Sirius. So basically what that means is it's, a, it's our sister star. So it actually relates kind of to Nibiru because yeah. Yeah. there is a certain amount of years that it takes us to, to go around. And supposedly that this was the clock for the like uh, going through the Iron Age and the, uh, the Golden Age and the, and the bronze and the silver and all that. They were called the Yugas. Mm-hmm. And Achintya is big follower of more of the Krishna side of things, more yeah. India and all that. And he goes through all the yugas in that documentary. Mm-hmm. So you have Santos in that documentary, Achinya, and all, mm-hmm. uh, just a bunch of other guys. So yeah. I recommend his that documentary 
uh, and his work along with Santos. And I'll even give a shout out to Zach too, because we had talked about yeah. him so much. On yeah. Our we video. did talk and about it, Zach Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. Zachary K Hubbard deserves it too, because we had, when we had Derek on Derek and Zach do the same work mm-hmm. and, uh, we, we'd like to see kind of a unity come yeah. come from that. So we this had is the whole up- point of, of, of the truth community is that no matter which niche you go into inside of it, it's that to create an emergence, um, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be that you got to be best friends with everybody and stuff, but to create an emergence to better be able to spread the information, to better be able to uh, help with this path to reclaiming our humanness to reclaim our actual abilities right right and so anybody we could give a shout out to uh, a shout out to we will and Mm. we uh, if you're good at what you do or we see that you are authentic and really doing some great work we're gonna either try and get you on here with us so we could talk to you and learn from you Mm -hmm. or at least give you your the merits you've earned and deserved and 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 it's really actually not just for the person we're shouting out but it's for everyone else listening Mm -hmm. that they can go find that work and see for themselves um Gio and I are going to attempt to at our best to always bring on the most genuine and authentic people mm-hmm. that do real work and are really have they have the right mindset and and we that the ones that we would say that are bringing something to the community that is of use and yeah. uh, it's one of our biggest goals uh, this year is to really launch ourselves off and get get a network going and mm-hmm. not that we have to be the top of the it's not a, it's not about being yeah, at the top or above about anybody that. it's about just being the like the mending and yeah, the, and the, the glue. connectivity right like we just want that network yes it's not about who or what it's about all of us exactly this goes along with the whole Aquarian energy and everything to create groups and networking and universal truth to come together so that's why we say definitely make sure to follow us on our social media pages especially Facebook and Instagram we have Twitter as well um Get on there. Definitely, you want to subscribe to the YouTube because we're going to have all these amazing guests on, like Santos, um, uh, like Achintia, which we're doing today after this. Uh, we're also going to have Gemini Brett when it comes to sacred astronomy and uh, sacred astrology as well. Um, he'll be on there as well. So you want to make sure you get notified on all of that um, and subscribe to our podcast as well on whatever platform you want to listen to. Um, and yeah, and we're gonna we're also gonna continue to make our work better. We're also going to continue to give you the best of quality. Uh, we want to start doing video as well. And we want to have that get on there as well. So uh, we're in the process of that. If you know, best way to support us as well is, of course, following everything. We also have our Patreon link there as well. If you want to help support the show and it's all going to get redirected back into the podcast, into creating this community, into being able to reach out and give you the best of the best. So the Patreon link is um, under wherever you're listening or in the description uh, so that's there as well. And we would appreciate anything uh, that you have, no matter what. So until next time, everybody, love you all. Appreciate you all. Take care. Namaste. Peace out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.